This podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like shit, damn, and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Go on. Joe. They're both dads. I am not. My name is John. So today, on today's episode, our main topic <laughs> is going to be parental leave, pros and cons. We'll make a case for and against. Uh, and then also we're going to have the regular segments, Ask the Dads, Dad Jokes, and a new segment called Things to Check Out. But first, let's catch up with the dads. So, Galan and Joe, what's what's new in dad world? Firstly, I'd like to just point out that you uh, you, you pointed out that your dad listened to this before I did. <laughs> oh, is so that, you, you, stole my th- you stole my thunder. <laughs> All right, bit. in the future, I'll, you just won't mention it, and then you can like throw You're it like, out so, there. So, John, how are those dad, how are dad days going? Just throw it right in my face. Yes. <laughs> so, John, uh, what do you think it's going to feel like to die alone? <laughs> with no legacy. I think that's something where Golan can just get creative every week of what's a new way he's going to hit that uh, hit that out of the park. Yeah, me creative. Those two words don't go together. <laughs> Unless I'm making fun of someone else, but I can't make fun of John and be creative because then I'm just like, oh, you have a beard and glasses. <laughs> it's like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. Wow. yeah those really hurt. Yeah, just cut you to the bone. Nice. All right, let's play catch up. <laughs> Take the mic because God knows I don't, okay, I don't okay. need so, <laughs> it. This is a mistake to give me one. <laughs> So, you know, we just had New Year's and I think it's interesting to touch on New Year's and how we kind of survived and how we've been since Christmas. So for me, New Year's was interesting because I've been somebody that every single year I had to go out. I had to go out, do something. It was a wasted evening if I didn't do something with somebody or or whatever. And then my wife got pregnant. We didn't go out that year. On New Year's? No, no, no. <laughs> then my wife got pregnant. Very and we were like, I think we've done enough. <laughs> yeah, no, we, she was pregnant and my daughter was born at the beginning of February. So it was very, yeah, we're not going to go out that year at all. We're going to go to bed very early and call it a good, good year. And then ever since then, last year and this year, it was interesting. We didn't really make plans we ended up just kind of collectively hanging out with parents that had kids around our kids same age like their kids are the same age and we were all on the same schedule with where we went we want to stay out this amount of time we'll hang out go to bed early things will be good and it's just interesting to me that it it wasn't something we sought out to do it just was kind of a natural progression to hang out you know on these kind of times when people are going out just hang out together and then all go to bed at the same time and then nobody judges anybody i like not being judged <laughs> no, so for me it's like for us Teresa and i uh, we're not we don't do anything exciting on new year's because it's we want to go to sleep um i've i've had two exactly two new year's events happen in my life where i've actually gone out and done something on new year's and one was John could probably keep me more honest, but it was years and years ago when we had a friend named um, Tim that he, they, he and his uh, the, his wife at the time was uh, throwing like a, a get-together thing of, of New Year's, and that's where I learned that I liked guacamole. 
So that was important. Oh, nice. That's yeah. It was like a long <laughs> that's time a ago. Big one. And then uh, so maybe we were at nineteen. Maybe we were twenty-one because uh, he made grasshoppers, like the, the alcoholic drink. And those oh, were really good. Okay. Um, I've never had one of those. Oh man, they're really good. It's kind of like it reminds me of like a, a thin mint, but alcoholic. Whoa. Like a thin oh. mint liquid, liquid thin. Okay, anyway. Gross. And then there's another one, in, and it was actually the, the the last ticket I got was on New Year's Day of two thousand. Uh, knock on wood, I guess, because that makes it. 16, 17 years. And uh, I was Man, on my that way. Cop, that cop was still <laughs> writing tickets with the looming threat of Y2K. <laughs> like, like, sir, you realize if there's an apocalypse tomorrow, I'm not paying this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that I had a I had a Mustang at the time, and I and I, I I went through a yellow light. It was clearly yellow, and the cop pulled me like two miles over, like a mile and a half or two miles down the road. And I fought it, and the judge was like, basically, I'm not going to trust some. 20-something in a red Mustang over the word of a cop. And is this when you had your long rocker hair? No, no, this was after. Oh, okay. But I learned just to never fight a ticket when you're in your 20s and drive a Mustang because judges are not fair and unbiased. Go figure. I mean, good, good I mean kudos to any judge out there listening to us. I mean, please don't please don't <laughs> hurt me. Judges can be dads, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, cool. But it's, uh, so yeah, so those are my two things. So after that, I'm just like, I am never going out on New Year's again. <laughs> and so this year... um. We actually we actually did stay up. We were catching up on a uh, on a TV show that John makes fun of me for, and what show? Uh, this is us. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, you're gonna have to narrow it down. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it I added to the Claire vacation. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Gilmore Girls, or it wasn't. Uh... You don't make fun of me for Buffy or Angel anymore. Um, nope. There's plenty of other shows. I'm sure some cartoon I watch, but no, we were catching up on This Is Us, and before we knew it, it was like 11:30. I'm like, well, let's just stay up and watch another episode. And Ellie was up like playing with the, all the new toys that Santa brought her and hurt my wallet so bad. And um, and so, yeah, I'm just like, oh, hey, by the way, guys, it's ten, it's 12.15. Get your, get your asses to bed. And then Ellie accused me of saying a bad word because she knows all the bad words, knows how to say them, and calls <laughs> us out on it. She was like, you shouldn't say that. That's not nice to say to people. And then, of course, yeah, I'm like, yeah. get your ass well, to bed, kid. Like, well done. Yeah. So now get your ass to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was you know it, it was it was cool, but like staying up, and I'm sure as as we get older, as she gets older, we'll stay up more, and she'll get to experience stuff like that. And yeah. she loved watching the the ball drop. Like we went back and watched the DVR of it, and so uh, she was dancing, and, and I think I posted it on Facebook of like just watching it, and, and as the countdown happened, like she was trying to count down with them, and then of course like all the lights and everything, or the, the fireworks, or whatever yeah. they do, goes off, and she was real excited. So, um, but it was cool, you know. New Year's was done. And now we're in 2017. Um, dropping our second episode. Yeah, because we're cool like that. That's right. Wouldn't it be amazing to be that age again, where lights are fascinating? Oh man, you or, have no idea. Not even lights, man. Anything. It's just like, <laughs> oh hey, did, like, you, did, did you hear that sound? That sound was so cool. How, how, what is that sound? That was a car backfiring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like your butt. That's so many things sound like my butt because I fart a lot. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. That's a mm. nice confession. Yes. I don't think it's any confession to at least anyone that knows us. So so anyway, okay, here we caught up. John, what'd you do for New Year's? Go to bed at eight thirty? Like yeah, man. almost, man. That's the thing. I don't even have kids. I'm just old. So like <laughs> I you know where my mind always goes to? It's always like I don't want to be on the out on the road with all the drunk drivers that I know that are gonna be out there. Oh, so like yeah. I had I had some good friends uh that I really love like invite me over to a they were doing a poker tournament at their house for new year's eve and uh man i just didn't even go because i'm like i'll be coming home late and i'll have to drive like a whole 30 minutes to get back home <laughs> you are and, way oh, old God, yeah God dude that's the thing man I, so 
So I just stayed home and, uh, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something. I just stayed home drinking my Metamucil and covering myself in Bengay and fell asleep uh, after I watched Matlock reruns. <laughs> I'm sure you probably play a little bit of Battlefield. Yeah, I may have played some video games in there. Yeah, that's, that's a fun game. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it. Some, that's, that was not English at all. Well, I'm sure we'll talk right. about video games at some point in time. Sure. So, all right, well, that brings us to, um, I think, the end of our first segment, so... Have a listen to this lovely little music, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. This is Joe, and we're going to get right into the main topic of today's episode, talking about paternity or parental leave, rather, pros and cons, why it's important, why you might not think it's important why you should care that it's important. I'm a little biased, as if you couldn't tell, but uh, yeah, it's important to me. So we'll kind of get started. First of all, I really wanted to get, just kind of open it up with just a story that I had of Galan. This is probably one of the first times I really knew him. So I had just started working with him. He was about to go on parental leave for Ellie being born, and I'm somebody that I consider myself very open-minded and very, I'm cool with people taking time off and all this stuff. And I found... <laughs> I thought you were just going to end with, I'm cool. <laughs> right. I'm very cool. It's a very self-confident <laughs> statement, man. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I got nothing. Anyways. How uncool, man. Right. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but no, I didn't know Galan very well at all. And he would leave for doctor's appointments and he would take time off to go and be with his wife for these checkups, these appointments. And then he was gone for our company at the time, allowed two weeks of paternity leave for the dads. And I was somebody that I was a little bitter that he was taking time off. I was like, well, he's really leaving us in the lurch. This is kind of crappy of him. Why does he need time off? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm somebody that considers myself open-minded, but I was finding myself really delving into these old kind of madman era ways of thinking of, well, he didn't have the baby. Why does he need time off? Then I had a kid and I understand it is extremely important for a lot of reasons. One of the things for me that it was important was I got immediate bonding time with my daughter. I was there. I saw her be born. I was there in the first 24 and 48 hours, got to have this immediate connection with her. And then beyond that, coming home from the hospital, it was so important for me to be there to help start the process out. My wife and I got into good habits and routines and we were sharing responsibilities and it was important because the something like cooking and cleaning and all that stuff, you have to work in how you're also taking care of a baby while you are doing your day-to-day chores. And if I hadn't been there, it wouldn't have been you know, it would have been very one-sided and I would have had to either play catch up or I would have just deferred to. <laughs> well, there's part of being a dad. Yeah. You just get the, the, the background. Of the kids. So one thing I will throw in is yeah. we just had a momentary interruption is at the time um, on the team that Joe and I were on, um, I was actually like a really, I guess, a heavy producer. Like we worked in a call center kind of thing. I took a lot of phone calls, um, provided a lot of, of help and, and stuff. And so, on a, at that point, I think we were an eight or nine member team. So to lose, you know, whatever percentage that's math and math I'm not good at. Um, but to lose like one eighth of your team, <laughs> especially 12%. someone who did more than one eighth of the volume, um, 
you know, that was that was pretty tough. Now, at the time, Teresa and I, like, we split it up. I took a week at the beginning and then a week at the end after her um, her time was done. Uh, but still, it's like that was an extra two weeks on top of the however many weeks I got at the time. Plus, it's like my uh, my grandmother died in November of that year. So, like, two months after Ellie was born, my grandmother died. So, that was another week off. And so, um, that was actually a really good year for vacation, man. Had like well, I mean, almost dang, like I guess. <laughs> I like mean, if you talk about the personal cost of it, it sounds hey, man, pretty intense. You know, that's just a, a self-sacrifice. My grandmother was a very self-sacrificial woman. No, I'm just joking. That's really horrible. She's probably gonna come from the grave and throttle me. Yep. In the middle of the night, so grandma, don't come from the grave. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway, carry on. One thing I just want to point out is one of the things I had a thought of before I went on paternity leave was. And I'm not even somebody that considers myself thinking this, but I was finding myself, before we were even expecting a kid, of, oh, it would be nice to have two weeks of vacation or however many weeks of vacation. But for somebody that doesn't have a kid or doesn't understand it, it's not vacation. It's very, it's anything but vacation. I mean, you are raising a human life and you are helping them get into good habits and helping your family grow and you're bonding with them and it's it's not vacation i mean vacation to me is going on a on a trip to going to the mountains or going to the beach and sipping some cocktails and just sleeping all the time the this was not vacation for me so it's it's interesting how my perception changed from when i was kind of bitter that i thought galan was leaving me in the lurch to no i see how crucial that time was and i wish i had more of it you know, it's interesting you say that, and I, I know we're probably going to talk more more about this as this conversation progresses, but uh, in a way, wasn't Galan leaving you in the lurch? Yeah. I mean, you could definitely look at it that way, but here's another way to look at it. And they've done, and I've, I've got notes, and we can put this in the show notes too, so I don't have to go and hit people over the head with links and stuff, but when you have somebody that is out for that period of time, yes, they are, you are a man down. Or Galan was taking a lot of production, so you're a lot of productivity down. But it's not unexpected. You know, it's something that you know, you as an employer know is going to be happening. You can plan for it. You can take steps to do that. And you can look at it two ways. You can let somebody take the most minimal time off possible, say one day, two days, whatever, and have them come back and have them extremely stressed out because they're trying to parent and they're trying to work and they feel like, I have to be here. I have to work. My job might be in jeopardy if I'm not working. And, you know, it's a strain on their marriage. It's a strain on their family. It's a strain on their work. Or you can give someone, you know, at the bare minimum, a couple of weeks off, allow them to really get in the groove of things of having your family dynamics set. And then they come back to work. And that's a factor. That's not as much of a factor on their minds as it would be if they came right back to work. Plus, you can also look at the fact that you can hire temp employees. And if you have someone that's out for, say, maternity leave, and they're out for however long. Our company now gives 16 weeks off. So you can have someone that's a temp come in, learn the job, work the job. And when that person comes back from leave, you have a qualified employee that you can convert to full time. And you are, in effect, gaining an extra member to your workforce. So, yes, you are. there's not a situation that you're going to be able to be in where you're not going to leave What's the word I'm looking for? There's not a situation that you're going to have where you're going to be able to, you're going to take a, a bit of a hit. Like you are missing somebody, but it's a, it's an invest in 
you know, it's, it's what they call a human investment to where you're banking on these people to come back more motivated, more passionate, maybe not more passionate about the work, but more appreciative of like, you gave me the time off I needed. So now I'm focused and I'm ready to come pay that back. And you see on averages in a bunch of these different countries that when they give people more time off, they come back and they are more appreciative and they work more towards that goal of paying the company back, so to speak. So I think that's interesting because and, and I'm going to speak in, in stereotype and generalities, but it's like that's not the American worker. The average American worker is not appreciative of time off. They feel like they're entitled to time off. Um, you know, it's like there's so many people that, that at the company that we work for, and I'm sure other companies, that just take it for granted. It's like, oh, I get it. It's more time off. And, you know, I don't think they're any more motivated to come back and pay back the company of, you know, pay back the company for having that benefit it's like oh i have that benefit i'm entitled to that benefit i'm going to take it and i'm you know that that's just my right and there's no there's no appreciation there's no like let me help you get set up to you know support yourself while you're gone some companies can't afford to hire a temp worker to replace it so it's like you have the either established parent or non-parents having to take that and you know i I think it's something that you and i've talked about off off episode where it's like there's a culture change that needs to happen not only from the idea of parental leave and paternity leave specifically because there are a more there's a larger number of companies that offer maternity leave but i think that also when you talk about you know especially if you make comparisons to european countries or, or even asian countries um is that still the orient there's the orient now is don't that think you can i don't know I, that's not the preferred the nomenclature okay. Okay. dude Okay, I just you know not like the Asian people, but it's like it's, it's like that area of the country. That's how ignorant I am. But it's you know, <laughs> that's can we have a T-shirt? <laughs> that's, that's how ignorant. That's I that's am. How ignorant Man, I if, am. if we're gonna have T-shirts based on like one-liners that I throw out, we're gonna have a lot of T-shirts. A lot of T-shirts. <laughs> um, but it's just it's it, the the mentality of the workers in other countries are very different than the American worker, and and part of that goes to the American culture. Um, you know, and, and so that that's my that, that you know that's something that I'm, I'm sure we'll get to more is you know the entitlement of the American worker, and I think like the idea that they're going to come back more motivated and thankful is optimistic, um, whereas the reality is they're not. They're just coming back in and they're expecting to slip right back in as if nothing else happened, like nothing happened to for basically to not be acknowledged that they were gone for whatever reason they took the they took the time off, and I think that 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 causes a rift um in the workplace you know in 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 you know d- depending on how people take that especially um you know like people that don't have kids and don't get the opportunity to have that extra time away from work whether it's vacation or for for family building and i think that's something to be addressed as well so yeah but it is it is something to where it it's a it's 100% a cultural perception if you didn't have that cultural perception then people you wouldn't have that rift because Yes, I believe people should be entitled to it. And I don't think there's anything wrong for them feeling that they need to have that time off because it's important. It's important for them to have that bonding time with their spouse or their significant other. It's important to have that start that family dynamic. And the biggest thing to me is that there was, I'll find it. I don't remember if it was Iceland or Norway. I got to find it. It's in my show notes. One of the countries they surveyed where they give... dad's time off and they give parents time off to deal with the start of their family divorce rates are significantly lower than 
other parts of the world, specifically in the U.S. Because if you think about it, a lot of reasons that there is conflict is due to family dynamics and having a kid in the mix. And if you are not able to sit down and have the difficult conversations of, all right, how are we going to divide up work? How are we going to go about our day-to-day life? And you're not able to be there day in and day out and really get into a good groove. That can cause a lot of conflict. Now, there are lots of people that do it, overcome it, no problems. But there's a greater significant number of people that it is a lot harder for them to rebound when they're not there together in the thick of it for a long period of time. I, I just, I just want to point out that was research in Iceland. Um, so, I mean, take it with a grain of salt because they're also responsible for Bjork. <laughs> so just remember that guys. All right. Uh, John, a little bit of a bitter holdover from the, the nineties when Bork had Bork, Bork, Bork as we call her. <laughs> I give up. I think it's Bjork had a little bit of cultural significance with like one song or whatever. No way, man. She's awesome. Okay. But you know, so that, that's one of the, the, the interesting thing is I, I, I I don't think there's a correlation of taking time off, making you a better, like bad fathers are going to be bad fathers, whether they get time off or not. And bad husbands are going to be bad husbands, regardless of whether they get a paternity leave in time to work out family dynamics, because if they're not going to be involved in the family, then having an extra two weeks, six weeks, three months, a year at like Netflix gives, that's not going to make any difference. They're still going to be shitty individuals that, you know, don't want to contribute to the household because they were raised that way. They're of an older generation where you maybe have like a 40 year old father or something that's part of Gen X or maybe a late baby boomer, someone that, that grew up in a different way and they're wired that way and having that extra time to sit down and they're not going to sit down and have a conversation and be like wife or or spouse or whoever it is. It's like, Let's figure out the family dynamics because they don't give a shit. Like they just want their time off, and I don't. I don't think there's that correlation. Like that's just gonna make. That's automatically gonna make those people better, and and so or maybe those couples just communicate better. Like the the couples that don't get divorced. I don't think there's a core. I don't. I don't necessarily think there's a correlation to that and lower divorce rates. It's just some people communicate better regardless of the external circumstances, and they're able to work out and communicate problems. Like I think one of the studies of the of the thing you you sent correlated like 11% like lower divorce rate and it's like that's that's an insignificant percentage when it's like those people probably just have a better much do a much better job of talking to each other but that, that's just me like well the question yeah it's like a chicken a chicken or the egg question maybe but I, I have a couple of questions for the dad just to play devil's advocate uh one is so so you're talking about the importance isn't more so helping although you did mention this uh like being around uh to help the with the mother specifically after after the pregnancy as she's getting used to being a mother or whatever and taking some of the the workload off her but specifically where we were talking about for instance having the conversation of okay now how is how are we going to make this work for us um now that we're parents as far as splitting up our domestic responsibilities um is that a conversation that can happen when the dad gets home from work <laughs> You must not have kids. I totally don't. <laughs> I'm I'm ignorant. I'm sure I'm sure both my questions here are going to sound totally no, ignorant. No, no, no. But it, I understand what you're saying, and it's it's a valid question. And the answer is it can absolutely. Um, and I think some of these conversations should continue at all times. It shouldn't just be restricted to time off. It should be after work. It should be after your kid goes down. It should be you know at any time you can find opportunity to have these conversations. You need to have them. But the biggest thing for me is if I am coming home and it's been a 
shitty day and everything has gone wrong, that's not the time you can talk about dividing things up. And if you, I am somebody, so for me, I can speak personally for me. I'm somebody that will step up to the plate, but I have to kind of motivate myself to do it because I'm naturally a lazy person. I don't like that about me, but it's true. And so for me, having a kid, I went, I need to step up in a lot of areas. And then being there for all of the steps of the way, I was able to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean. I'm going to take care of the baby at this point. I'm going to make sure you get rest and I'm going to rest this time. And I was very kind of take charge and help start the conversation of let's get the ball rolling. You know, you just had a kid, you're dealing with recovering as well as helping parent. So let me be the one to take point because I'm going to be here all the time with you parenting. A lot of the conversations I've had for, well, you don't need the dads at home because you have their mom or you have a family member, you have a grandma or you have a cousin or you have somebody that can be there. Yes. And those people, I'm not discrediting the help that they give, but how long are they going to be there? A month, a couple weeks, eventually they go and you, the dad have to step into that role. And if it's easier for some people to just slide right in and be able to do it. And it's a lot harder for someone like me to be able to slide into that role. I have to kind of make the decision and start the conversation myself to be able to get in that groove and kind of get up for the challenge. Yeah. They're not the ones that are going to be there in 16 years to bail your daughters out of jail. Am I right? Well, considering <laughs> Joe's daughter has like two tattoos already. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That was a good callback. Okay. When, but, well, so to, to, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt before no, you go no. to your next thing. So it's like with, for our situation, uh, Teresa's mom lives in St. Louis and when we live here in St. Charles or whatever, same thing lives here. So she was here for like the first week that, Teresa was pregnant and, and essentially like the, the benefit that I had like to speak. So, so although I, I seem to be kind of playing devil's advocate and questioning some of the things I, I am a proponent of paternity leave. Because oh yeah. Just real quick on that. Were you guilty taking two weeks of paternity leave? Not even knowing if you were the father. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but then, then I looked at, I looked at Ellie's toes and her fingers and they have the same shape that mine do. So there's no, um, there's no denying that she is mine. Teresa doesn't listen to this. Does I, yeah, she? I hope not. If we not, we love you. Hey, yeah. Teresa. Oh, the couch, we love you. Our couch I'm just is, joking. Our couch is really comfortable. Um, but no, like, so her mom was here for that first week, so she did stuff, and then and then I took the week after her mom left. Um, I think if I if I recall, it's, it's four years. I'm fuzzy on a few details, but it's uh, one of the benefits that I had. So like, I I actually, from in my own personal opinion, I think that it's it's almost more important for the mom to make that connection during those first couple of weeks, just because it's like. They already have the nine months, like, in the body. There's already a mental thing. There's the whole, if, if you can breastfeed, establishing, like, that whole rapport. Because kids don't come out of the womb just being able to, like, like suckle up. <laughs> like, sack up. <laughs> hashtag suckle up, everybody. <laughs> it's, wow. It needs to be this episode's um, hashtag. But it's like, but but in, in time, so we were fortunate. Like, Teresa was able to pump. And so we had a huge supply of, of milk. And so... When Teresa was tired, like in the time that I was off, the cool thing was is I was able to get that kind of skin to skin time where Ellie would lay on my belly um, and like I would feed her the the, the bottle and, and everything. And so I had those moments to connect. Um, and so like without paternity leave, I wouldn't have had that as much of being able to wake up in the middle of the night and feed her because I'd had to be at work the next morning. Um, and then that would have left. And, and as I went back to work, that left Teresa doing that every night. So she was constantly tired, whereas the time that I was home, it wasn't. So although I might be arguing some of the, of the, the stuff that, that gets presented, I am still a proponent of it. 
Um, at the same time, it's like I think there are some other things that need to be addressed outside of that. So it was important. And if if Teresa and I were to have another child, sorry, Dad, if you're listening, it's probably not going to happen. But if she were to have another child, I would definitely take the now more extended um, paternity leave that we have at work um, to be able to, to, to have more of those moments with the second child. One other question, if I could digress real quick. And once again, Joe, this is going to be an ignorant no, that's a okay. question. It, it totally. By the way, you guys should call me out whenever I ask something that's totally ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, okay, as as to the the point that it allows you time to s- split up domestic d- responsibilities and sort of set a routine for that and and get used to that r- routine, um, isn't that kind of counterfeit anyway? Since in in most uh, marriages, one or both people will be going back to work anyway. So it's it's not it's like you have like this superficial or not superficial but artificial um, sort of schedule that you've created for yourselves that that you're going to have to adjust from anyway. That's a good question. So <clears throat> it is something where yes, when you go back to work, you're not going to be there during the day. You're not going to be able to do kind of the day to day daily routines. But one of the things you can have. So my wife and I, we both work. So there was a point in time where we prepared, we're both going back to work. So it's more of the first couple weeks that I was home, it was very, hey, we're kind of going to play it by ear. I'm going to, it was me taking point right off the bat saying, I'm going to cook, I'm going to clean, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And that way you can just focus on Sylvia and I am going to come and I'm going to help. And we're going to kind of take shifts with taking care of our child so we can both get rest. But I want you to let you know, I'm also going to do this other stuff. So you have less you have to worry about. And then as the weeks progressed and and I was getting ready to go back to work, I had the conversation where I would say, okay, in the mornings, I'm going to do this. And then when I come home, I'm going to have dinner ready at this time and I'm going to do this. My wife's like, great. What I'm going to do during the day is when Sylvie's napping, I'm going to do the laundry and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And so we set ways in where we could still get everything done, but it was like shifting because I was going back to work. And then when we both went back to work, it was very, okay, we're going to get all this stuff done, but we're going to need to shift how we do it. Maybe we put the laundry at the beginning of the day, put it in the dryer when we come home. Depend, you know, just little things like that. So it, it is something where you are going to have to shift your schedule. That's just part of life, whether who, go back, who goes back to work, who doesn't, whether you leave a job, get a different job, your hours change, whatever. But it's more of, you know, I've been taking point on this, so... I am more willing to have these conversations about adjusting. And I feel like there are some, some dads that I know that are very likely to just defer to the wife in everything. Yeah. And if they're not there day one, they're even more likely to say, I don't know. You've been doing it. I'm going to let you do everything. And you just tell me what to do. Well, when you have a crying infant, you can't really just give orders or give direction. Orders is a poor word. Give direction. <laughs> give no, direction. sometimes in a marriage it's orders. Let's just be honest. It's true. That but, goes both ways. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, it's hard to give direction and then if, if you're there and, and even if, so I do know other dads that didn't have the same paternity leave but they stepped up to the plate and they went, you know, I'm going to come home and I'm going to say, I want to help in this way, this way, in this way, is there something that I can do right off the bat? And then they would say, um, I guess this, I guess you could, uh, you know, do wipe this counter or do this. And then they took that to the next level and said, okay, well, I notice this isn't clean. So I'm going to do this and this and this. And so they kind of naturally picked it up. So 
as Golan said, kind of pivoting back to that, people that are shitty are going to be shitty. People that are good are going to be good. That is the way of the world. But I feel like, isn't it up to us, our generation, to change that perception? So I know Golan was talking a lot about shitty dads are shitty dads, maybe because the generation they grew up in, dads weren't around or dads weren't given that time off. So they weren't able to bond. And so now they're just shitty in it. But we're, I feel like we are the generation that needs to say that's not okay, that's not acceptable, and we need to break that cycle. And I think part of it is getting dads there at the forefront. And so you both created this child. You're both there helping from day one. And then people are still going to be shitty. You know, I'm not going to discredit the pessimism of Golan, but I'm, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> people are still going to be shitty. But overall, you're going to start seeing a shift where people are wanting to be better parents, wanting to be more responsible because they've been there and they've gotten that skin to skin contact. They've been there when they were born. They had alone time. They were able to just bond with their child. And that bonding is huge because if you feel that connection to this tiny human being, then you will want to go to the ends of the earth for them and back. And it's a lot harder to come back from that if you weren't able to be there right off the bat. And see, so in a, in a way, that's where I disagree. It's like if you want, if you're going to go to the ends of the earth, you're going to want to go to the ends of the earth because that's your flesh and blood. That's your kid. That's like the fruit of your loin or whatever you know term you want to say. It's you know having paternal leave. I don't think that's justification for a move to paternal leave. I think the people that are going to do that are going to be motivated to do that. The families that figure out like the 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 home balance of who's going to do what that comes from you know a healthy marriage has both communication and accountability um you know and that's going to be the one spouse holding the other spouse accountable to say look i need you to do this or the one spouse saying how can i help out let's figure out what i can do not like what do you want me to do it's like what can i do and in in that i don't think having two weeks or six weeks or whatever is going to change that dynamic in a marriage or a relationship, even if there's not a marriage, it's that, that comes from the, how that, how that relationship is built, the foundation that, that, that relationship, that house is built on. I think that's, that's far more important than some period of time that, I mean, and not to say that there's not a bond that's created or anything like that, but I, I think using that in, in justifying paternal leave is saying, well, Hey, if you have paternal leave, this happens because I, I, I think that that foundation would already, would already be there. Having paternal leave isn't going to be some magic switch that's all of, a, all of a sudden going to cause someone that's not wired that way to be wired that way. It's just going to further improve on the people that are of that mindset, that are of the, you know, uh, marriage is a overall equality. Sometimes one spouse puts more effort in and sometimes the other one does. But in the end, it all balances out. The people that don't believe that way and believe that they have they should have to put in less or i mean leave whether it's maternal or paternal is not going to change that individual and and again that's my pessimism coming out but <laughs> you know it's just i i don't think that those it, it, it's it, being a parent's not some magic switch to make you a better individual to go back to the whether you're a better individual or not having that that short burst of, of time with your kid you know that's what is well, it well it certainly can be a gigantic motivator right no, no, yeah, it, 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 yeah, absolutely. What is I mean, it? What should is it? Be, right? What is yeah. the statistic? Like, it takes three weeks to build a habit, and so if, if you get two yeah. weeks, you're not you're not actually creating successful habits. You're far more likely to relapse back into your previously established behavior. Right. Then I just use the I hate statistics, but 
But no, you're like right. And, and and even to, to your point, no, that <clears throat> having the the weeks off for paternity leave is not going to necessarily be the end all be all for marriage. True. But it's more than just helping out with the marriage. I mean, there was a I found a twenty twelve study that Oxford University did where they followed 192 families around for several years to explore the importance of father and child bonds. And what is interesting is that the dads, the kids who didn't have strong infancy bonds with their dads ended up being a little bit more mean, a little bit more of a jerk. And the what's interesting about that is that these outcomes were the same whether the dad was not there or whether the dad was there but lost in his own thoughts, basically not interacting with the kid. So all of that to say, what's important is the dad is actively in, interacting with their child. So they are they are making key expressions, they're making funny faces, they're talking to them, they're singing to them, they're being there for them. And so... The dad on that, the main takeaway for me on that was, speaking from personal experience, I am somebody that was super excited for my daughter, and I was super excited to interact with her, make all these faces. So I'm somebody that Glam would say would be naturally inclined to kind of go that extra mile. However, if I didn't have these time off at the beginning, it would have been a lot harder for me to get into those routines of wanting to interact with her. Because my whole life has been not interacting with the child, not taking care right. of the child, not being there. But because I was able to be there for a couple of weeks, I had a lot of alone time with her where I was just talking with her, staring into her face, making these crazy faces. And I genuinely felt this strong bond and connection between us that I still have to this day. And that's not to say I wouldn't have gotten it had I not had time off. But the fact of the matter is we have a very strong relationship now and I know that the foundation of it was built because I was there from day one and was consistently there day in and day out for several weeks. That to me, marriage aside, that to me is one of the biggest reasons why we need more paternity leave so that way dads across the United States can have this experience of bonding with their child and having that bond. And Maybe if they had this bond, they would be less shitty dads. And maybe if they had less shitty dads, their kids would be less shitty. And maybe we could work to stop the cycle. I'm a little bit more of an optimist than Galan, so that's why uh, we go back and forth on this. <laughs> well, you know, you know it's, it, and I think the one thing that, that we're not representing here, and because of our, our life experiences don't allow us, are the people that grow up and they're not in a marriage. They're not, in, they're not even together. They, you know, you have the, the dads that are not able to have everyday contact with with them maybe their situation with the the the, the baby mama is not in, in such a good way that you know or in a good place where they can have that and so that becomes a wholly different conversation that i think would be it would do it an injustice for us to try to to see that point of view so but you know although we're still in the middle of this conversation if you're in that situation and you have feedback it would be great to revisit um, yes. with, with from from that perspective, um, actually, one of my friends kind of went through something similar to that because he's not with his, and, and never really was with his, um, the the mother of his child, and so it'd be interesting to get his perspective, have him listen to this, and get his perspective and yeah. see and see where he falls. But so that's it, not to say that we're not addressed that because we do talk a lot about husband wife because that is what 
we can personally attest to. So that that is our situation. So it's not that we we haven't considered or thought about the other ones. It's just you know, it, like I said, it's an injustice to give that perspective a voice when you can't speak from that perspective. <laughs> Dude, no, no, I no, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. I and and Joe, I, I think as, I was getting judged there for a second. Like, no, no, I, I got really like nervous. Like there was this silence. I'm like, oh shit, what did I say wrong? And, and as to what Joe was saying, I can completely see the benefit of what of what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost wonder if it's almost like I, I think there, one way to look at it is like, look, there was this old paradigm that's wrong and there's this better new paradigm that we could create um, this perception culturally or almost like this cultural value um, that would be right. So this wrong versus right or another way to, to look at it is, well, there's this way that's been OK for a long time but what we're really talking about is okay and potentially much better yeah definitely and it's crazy to me across the board that the united states is the only industrialized country in the world that does not guarantee paid paternity paid parental leave excuse me at all the only the the thing that we come closest to is fmla the family medical leave act where it guarantees you 12 weeks off without losing your job that's not paid time off and that's only if you're full-time and you work for a company that has at least 50 employees which is a lot that covers you know there's a lot of companies that have more than 50 employees but it's not everybody and if you are a temp worker or if you can't afford that i mean it's great to have that it means you can't get fired but it's it's still unpaid so it's if you can't afford that then you just you're not going to take it for obvious reasons you gotta you know if you're going to choose between getting a paycheck or having time off, you're going to choose to get a paycheck. And I, I, I don't think it's fair that anybody should choose between being with their family and getting, you know, getting on good terms with that and having to make money. And it's, if you look at it this way, if you kind of want to pivot and look at the mothers and look at the maternity leave aspect of it, more I forget what survey it was, but I saw a survey that said it is more expensive for companies to hire a new employee than to retrain an employee they already had. Because if you're hiring somebody new, you're putting them through new hire training, you're getting them up to speed with the company, you're getting them up to speed with the role. There's a lot that you have to do. And in that same survey, it talked about, or in that same study, it talked about how it really takes you about a year to fully get comfortable with your job. And kind of see all of the different scenarios that you would see. But if you have somebody that comes back, what's more effective? An employee on day one or an employee on day 365? The second employee. And you are, and again, this is my optimism, and it's not going to be the case with everybody. But you're banking on giving these parents the time off to come back to work and they might have to get back up to speed with their job. Maybe there's been some rule changes in the weeks that they've been off, but they still overall are familiar with the company, familiar with their team, familiar with the work that they're going to do. And they don't have that stress about having to get a new job to provide for their families or trying to get the money to be able to take FMLA or time off to be with their kids. So one of the interesting things is, so in the articles that you sent us, um, there was one actually kind of like point that I agreed with. 
Most of them. Yeah, he won. And and one of them was, <laughs> and it was, it was actually some of the first excellent advice and an excellent point that was made. And I'm going to read it real quick. And it says, her fathers wanted to take paternity leave. Um, his advice is simple. I'm talking about the article writer, I'm guessing. Approach your boss and colleagues with no apologies. Take a positive approach and say you're going to give really good training to your replacement and have all the files for your projects in order. Um, be proactive and say, when I come back, I'm going to be even more motivated to work for you. And so part of that is, you know, if you're going to have this cultural shift, um, and, and it does start with the workers, I think, more so than the companies, because workers are easier to convince, is you can't just go in entitled and be like, I deserve this. You need to give this to me. I must have this. I deserve to have this, because that's the wrong attitude. But if you go in and say, look, you're doing this for me, and this is what I'm going to do for you in return, because the, the work relationship is symbiotic. Um, even even if it benefits the company more because so many workers with at-will states don't have as much power as we might like for them to have. But it's still, that, that, that road goes both ways. And I think to expect a company to say, hey, you know what, I, I'm going to have a kid, and this goes to something that John and I talked about on the way here, is, look, I'm going to have a kid, so uh, you need to take care of me because, you know, like, I'm, I'm making this choice to have a child, um, assuming that the child is a, you know, like, right. a, a planned choice thing. And I think that's an entirely, like, and I guess is, you know, that that's that's a very different attitude than what I just read, where it's like, hey, look, this is a give and take kind of thing. I'm not just going to take and expect you to give it to me. Um, it's, hey, this is what I can give back to you in exchange for that. And 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 it kind of goes to something you said earlier about, like, the I think you said it earlier about like making you know it, it, employees that have that are more likely to be around retention or maybe we haven't made it to that point yet like the the retention of employees yeah that, that have that but it's like you know that two-way street i think helps um employee retention and also employers retain their you know not only employees want to stay but it helps employers retain those those employees yeah no that's very true <clears throat> and you are seeing that shift with you know it, it started with a little bit in the gen x generation and it's uh, yeah Gen X, <laughs> and it's no no and it's a it's a bigger push with millennials because we you... are you can say entitled but it's more of common sense people deserve their rights people deserve equal rights people deserve to be able to know they have the ability to care for their family and love for their family and spend time with their family but the bigger part of it is you're seeing employers race to give more paternity leave, parental leave across the board because they're hiring people of my generation that are saying, you don't offer this? Well, I don't have kids. I might not be planning for it, but I like knowing it's there. And if you don't offer this, I'm just going to go to somebody that does offer it. And then I don't really care about your company. And so you see these employers on the private sector saying, I want to keep my employers and I want to be a very lucrative job choice so i want to give some of the best paternity leave or parental leave that i can so i can retain better workers and then you do see a shift where people are since they know their company has it they're grateful for it so they are motivated to come have those conversations saying look i'm going to be out for six weeks or i'm going to be out for eight weeks or whatever it is but i'm going to make sure my work is all up to date i'm going to make sure my replacement is up to speed and then i'm going to come back and this is what my goals are for when I come back and this is what I want to do and and I'm excited you know I'm I'm excited for this new chapter in my life but I'm also excited to be able to 
move forward with the company and and kind of repay that. And so you see that shift and you're right, you know, go on, it's not overnight. And it's something that has to change culturally and it has to change on an individual level. And so you get people that are motivated, they have these conversations, the employers have these conversations and slowly and slowly you start to see a shift to where this season isn't even a big deal in, you know, 15, 20 years. But you're right. It has to start with those one-on-one conversations or we as a culture can't change. I I think just an, another thing to touch on as you're talking about companies being, I, I don't know, more attractive to, to potential workers. There's a huge difference when we talk about this, the issue of paternity leave um, in, in huge corporations versus small businesses. And I think for small businesses, it, it can be a much greater and almost impossible burden to provide, you know, leave in the way that a, a big, whatever, uh, seven-figure business or, or whatever. Well, like right? somebody like or, or, I mean, uh, yeah, like yeah, Netflix is a good example. Where they yeah, ten-figure business or whatever. Give, yeah, they can afford. Yeah, to give so Netflix, idea. right? But but right. my company, like you guys, in your position, we're talking about. You had a team of what eight or nine people, eight people, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And one person leaves, and so other people have to catch up the slack, but uh, or take up the slack, but. In, in my situation, I work for a small business and I work with maybe 10 people on a regular basis, but that's not a team that's not a team of 10 people in the sense that we're all doing the same thing. That's more like 10 individual teams of one person each. So if any one of us is gone for four weeks, that's like a lot of times the the people that you work with in a small business don't have the same skill set as you to even like take over what you're doing. Um, and a small business a lot of times is a lot harder for them to give you paid leave for time that you're not even there making the money. Sure. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. That's why, I, that's why I think that in, in ways there is sort of like this sense of entitlement that comes into it when we're talking about literally thousands of years of people that didn't have paid leave yet somehow, somehow humanity still persisted. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it, I it, you know, so to, to kind of point that there was also a difference in, in 40 years ago, like when our parents were born, where it's like you had a single income family and they could survive. They owned a house. They, that's you know, true. had, you know, a car, maybe two cars and, and money to go on vacations every year. Whereas or now 40 years like, before that, whenever yeah. we just lived and worked on the farm. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> so, and now it's like, so fair you, enough. Fair you, enough. You, Once you, again, ignorant point well, no, on no, my but, part. No, but, but it's a good point though. It's like you, you still, you had people survived. And, and that's one of the, the lovely things about being human is like, we have this resiliency. We make it, we, we make it work. But I, you know, just, just to, to provide the counter to that is like, we had like the, the work situation has changed significantly. Forget 40 years. Like when I was raised, like, you know, there was still plenty of, of single income families and it's just, it's, it's very different. So it's like for you to, you know, you're depending on that income and for you to, to be expected to take time off and lose that income. It's like, that could be devastating to a family, especially how many people live paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and in a time money. where your expenses have skyrocketed. Right. Well, that, that, that makes for a totally different podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I mean, oh, we're going to talk about dad money at some point. <laughs> I'm sure we will. the lack awesome. thereof. Yeah. 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 But, but, it, but Oh, sorry. But also, that, that, yeah. that's a good point. And, and again, one of the things that you, you talk that we, we kind of talked about, so I'm going to steal the, the point from you, um, is so, you, Joe, you mentioned part of your your generation, like the millennials, are very much a, an equal rights. The millennials. Yeah. Just says Grr. it with such a film. No, but it's 
So it's like, and I understand it's like, and, and, and we as a culture have, have, have moved to that. Like there's a, there's a big movement about equality and all this stuff. So what about, so, and, and again, you have to realize that, that I, I see it from the perspective of it's not vacation, but a lot of people still see it as vacation. So you choose to have a kid or you have a kid, maybe right. it's not a choice again. You get two weeks, six weeks, whatever. What about the people that don't have kids? They don't ever get that extra time off. They're never compensated for that. They're just watching other people leave the workforce and go get paid time off in, but, in some situations, but they, they get no benefit from... They, it's, like, it's like 10 years ago when you had smoke breaks, and it's like smokers get would get extra breaks, and it's like, I don't smoke, but I'm, I'm not getting the three extra 15-minute breaks to run out and then smoke a cigarette that these other people are. I know okay. a lot of people, people who start... Yeah, true, but I know, I know a lot of people that started smoking specifically so they can get more breaks yeah, at work. Right. So it's like, it's that kind of thing. So it's like, you talk about equal rights, but those people that aren't having kids... They don't get that extra time off. They don't get that extra, let, me, let me rephrase. They don't get that extra time away from work because whether it's raising a kid or not, it's time away from work, which is an entirely different like source of stress. I just, I just like, holy crap. Oh, I'm a teenager. No, Sorry. but I see your point. I disagree with it, but I see your point. No, it's, it's tough, right? So you have, you can take Netflix as an example. You have companies like Netflix. Not every company does this, obviously, where they give unlimited vacation and also unlimited parental leave to distinguish that they're both very different and both very important. And so while other people, so our work just increased uh, paternity leave to six weeks. So it was two weeks. It's now six weeks. I think Alon mentioned that earlier. They're, Sweet. Long enough to get your baby's first report card. <laughs> <laughs> I may be off on the years there. I don't. I don't know how being a dad works. Sorry, you just came out of the womb. Go to kindergarten now. I need you to have your masters by the time I go back to work. Sorry, my six, your... or, my six. My six week old is really bad at math, but uh, great citizenship scores. Hey man, yeah, I, I expect you to earn your uh, your Nobel Peace Prize before you're walking. Right, but they. So no, they're not getting that six. There are people that will won't get that six weeks right. time away from work. Right. But it's not it's not something where you know I keep going back to I know people I guess I I could point it this way people are like wow six weeks of vacation that must be nice six weeks off that'd be great <laughs> oh this is awesome it's like yeah but what people don't understand like no you're not getting that time off from work okay you can you can even position in this kind of pessimistic way of like I'm getting the time off from work because I have a human life that I'm now taking care of for the rest of my life so I need to get on the right track to start that off you don't get time off from work but you're not going to have to take care of somebody for the rest of your life so it's kind of a trade-off it's I you do have companies that are trying to make a shift towards giving employees across the board extra time off you know whether it's a compensation for parental leave or whether it is just something entirely different but i would argue that most of the companies that offer parental leave do offer other benefits and other time off that people may never take advantage of you've got bereavement you know our company offers i think it's uh, galan you can correct me on this but i feel like it's a week per or maybe it's two weeks per year Per death, I, I forget what it is. That that's a really good question that I'm I'm not at liberty to answer. Okay, 
It's okay. But my point being, there are people that get time away from work because somebody dies. You don't hear somebody saying, oh, must be nice to have the two weeks off for vacation. Oh, your grandma just died. I'm not going to say that. But at the same time, you don't want to take that. You know, it's something where, no, you're, you're going to have these people that aren't going to take the six weeks or the two weeks or the one week or the whatever time away from work. But, you know, that's a good question that I, I really legitimately can't answer. Yeah, I, and, and I do think I can see that. I'm doing the, my best the, to try. The tweets and the emails coming in, like comparing the birth and the death and time off away is like not even apples to oranges. Like apples No, to, it's not. But, I mean, but, you know, so you, you bring up a good point, but the whole thing is like, there are very, very specific circumstances, limitations to those other times off, whether it's bereavement, FLA, short-term disability. Normally, something negative triggers that. Right. Whereas, for most people, a birth is not a negative thing. Right. Even though last and, week, and I was not comparing no, I, yeah, a birth to negative. I no, just no, I know. But it's, it, you know... It, the angry it's, emails. It's, you know, <laughs> I, it, it, there's, there's a benefit. Like, it, I can't believe you. It's an added benefit. There's a positive thing for, for taking paternity leave or maternity this let's say parental leave to cover sure, both because sure. maternity leave is still not offered everywhere and right to me I, I think that's even more of a travesty than yes like not offering parental leave or yes. paternity leave and so you know i i think that's the thing is is it would be, it, i would love to hear and or actually i mean even from john's perspective i mean he it may not be something that you've given a lot of thought before prepping for this episode but if you're out there and it's like you are the the non-parent and especially if you have no desire to be a parent but you're yeah. for some reason listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that may happen, but it's, or if you know someone, it's like, hey, get their opinion and send it to us. Like, I, I, I would love to hear it and, and potentially like revisit it at a later point. Just like the yeah. whole thing with like, if you're not married, it's I, there. There are so many other perspectives out there that we simply can't speak to. Just one other thing, since we're kind of touching on this single person or married person or whatever that doesn't have a baby versus the, die alone. the person that does have, yeah, that's going to die alone with. With no legacy to leave behind, family name not carried on. Um, in in one of the articles that we went over in prepping for this episode, uh, there was this example of a guy that took six months leave um, to you know p- paternity leave, and he even had the women in, in his office m- making fun of him, telling him how wrong it was because he's going to be taking attention of. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be robbing the wife or the mother of of time with the baby, right. um, but anyways, then then he comes back and he said his his boss told him like he he had always received great raises, but his boss told him, look, I'm sorry you weren't here the last six months, so I can't evaluate you and give you a raise this time. And it was presented in the article like that was such a travesty and such an injustice, but I think there's. A pragmatic side to this too, where if, if Galan and I are working for the same company, he has a baby and he's gone for six weeks, and I'm there picking up his slack for six weeks, uh, then then shouldn't there be more of a benefit to me for staying there, working at that company for six weeks? Like what I don't like about this idea of personal leave with some of the stuff we talked about, and where I think the entitlement idea comes in, and even when you're talking about it's a right, it should be a right that all dads dads have this. But I don't. I think I think paternity leave is is clearly a good thing, um, and I would want to work for a company with paternity leave. And if I did, and I had a child, I would certainly take advantage of it. But I don't think that necessarily means that there shouldn't be like a pragmatic cost to my career for doing that. Because when it all comes down to it, 
I made the decision to be away from this job that's depending on me for six weeks. Um, so that's, I guess that's where I kind of feel sure. like a little bit of, of dissonance. Like I think it's sure. a great thing to have the opportunity to do that, but then I don't really appreciate the attitude that like everyone should accommodate me and there should be no cost for choosing this option over this option. And, well, and, and to, 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 to piggyback on that, just to give you something else to chew on Joe, before you, you try to torpedo that is, um, no, he probably no, no, successfully no, no, torpedoed no, no. that. But it's so one of the the terms that was used in one of these articles is um, "mommy tract" or "daddy tract," and unfortunately, I think in a right time saying that, like like if yeah, the mom goes on maternity leave, oh, we're mommy tracking her, meaning yeah. she's not going to she's not going to see as much as many much raises, success. and she's not going to her promotions. And, and so it's like you and I have known people in the time that we've been that that we've worked together, where it's like their kid is used as an excuse as an excuse for everything. It's oh um, yeah you know little Johnny threw up peas I gotta go oh and I'm gonna be out for for a week because yeah I gotta take care of my kid and he's sick and there's no like when you know there's another spouse and and everything and it's just it, it becomes the excuse and I think there's there's a justification for mommy tracking and daddy tracking because when you're working for someone you yes as a father you have as a parent forget father as a parent you have an inherent responsibility to be a parent you're a parent first before everything else. If you're working for a company and expecting for that company to invest back in you, then you you owe you you have a responsibility to that company as well. And I think there are people that use uh, use their their child overuse their child to minimize that responsibility to the company, but still expect the company to treat them the same exact way. And I think that mommy tracking and daddy tracking. I mean, because there are people that are. I mean, there are executives, upper management, middle management, whatever you want to call them, that have kids and, and are still successful and have a perfect balance of, yeah, I raised my kids. Oh, yeah, I'm taking my kid to go see the, you know, I'm going to, to take it into practice or, or whatever. And so, like, there's there's a definite balance between, like, work and life and all that. And I think with the, dom- the mommy, mommy-daddy tracking thing, it's like most people aren't going to find that balance. That balance is going to tip in the scales one way or the other. And I'm not talking about, like, if your kid is sick, like you have some sort of illness or tumor or cancer or something like that, obviously that is something, that's an extreme situation that doesn't cover it. But it'd be like me being like, oh, Ellie scraped her knee. Hey, I, I, I got to go. My kid scraped her knee. She might get an amoeba in it or something. And it's like, there are people that... <laughs> an amoeba. It's, um, a, it's, a, it's a science uh, right now. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, an amoeba, wow. But it's like, I mean, there are people that do that, that it's, you know, oh, uh, my kid bumped her head. Oh, I got to go. Like, oh, like the, the people taking care of my kid aren't, you know, it's like, it, it's, they, it's just, it, I've seen it personally. I've seen it, you know, secondhand. It's, and that's just the, the small amount of, of people that I get exposed to in, in our, like, situation. And it's just, it's, I, I think that is a justification, like. That, so. Yeah, no, that, those are all good points. So <clears throat> let me try and hit two two for one. It all goes back to having that conversation with your employer. That's where it has to start. You have to have you have to you have to be the person that sets the precedent of how your relationship, your work relationship is gonna go. You mean being a good person means actually communicating with people? Yes, Galan. What? It does. Okay. But that's Fair where enough. it starts. So you have to have that conversation. And I, I do think there's a give and take with the the promotion, right? So the promotion aspect of if you are an employee of good standing. So it it you know all this is 
grain of salt because we don't know the job. We don't know if they get quarterly bonuses or how the raises are. We don't know any of that, right? Sure. But just all things being equal, I do think there is an argument to be made for the person that is there working and kind of picking up the slack, so to speak. Um, totally agree with that. I think where his argument was coming into play was less about that he wasn't going to get a promotion for the time he was off and more about the fact that across the board, you see companies that are, they say, I'm not going to give you a bonus or I'm not going to give you a promotion or I'm not going to give you a raise for this time you were out. And they use that as the justification for years and years of years of just Afterwards. stonewalling you or white, you know, just blackballing you and saying like, no, I'm not going to give you this because I don't know when you're going to have a kid again. Like you or, have the scarlet letter D yes. that you have to walk around yes. with for dead. And so I think that was where he was getting at was less of complaining about his promotion. I don't know the guy. Maybe it was just complaining about it. But I would like to think that it was less of a I'm not getting promotion this time and more of I'm worried what that means for later on down the line. And even if I bust ass and I, you know, hit all this overtime and do all this extra stuff for the company, am I still going to be looked at as, well, you're this. But you, remember that one time. You're a ticking time bomb that could go off yeah. at any point and you're not going to get it. Because and, you're so fertile. Right. <laughs> and, just, just kidding. And to, you're just spreading your seed all over the place. <laughs> Whoa, setting a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and to Galan's point, I know the people you're talking about that use their kids as, oh, I got to go. Oh, I got to go. Oh, I got to go. That again starts the employer about you have to have the conversations, yeah. you have to have the relationship, and you have to say you have to be the person that's like, my kid's out sick, I have to leave early, but what I'm gonna do, they should be good tomorrow. So maybe it's a job where you have your laptop, you can work from home. I'm gonna log in later when they go to sleep. I'm gonna get my day's yeah. work done. Or if you don't have that, it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna come in early this week and then this week, and I'm gonna make it work so I can still kind of repay this work debt so to speak it has to start with you and i think if it doesn't start with you we as a culture can't change well and i, and I think that this this is an interesting conversation i think we could we could talk about for a really long time yeah. um so to kind of wrap up it was something interesting in one of these articles that we talked about um that there's something like 400 lawsuits or something going on from people suing their companies trying to force them to take parental leave so it'll be interesting to see six months or a year later right to to come back to this topic and, and see whereas you know or if if our society has changed what the impact of that is as we see more news articles and 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 as this if if the millennials are really the the put the the pushing force for it you know is it something changed you know do, do you have any anecdotes that you know the your paternity leave was you know a successful how did it how did it help you in 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 the other the other parent um, established, you know, your your relationship. Did it, you know, what were your experiences? Did you have a bad experience with work? Share that with us, you know, tweet us, send us a message on Facebook, email us. We'd love to hear about it and, and you know, use that when we readdress this topic because it, it is interesting and yeah. it, it'll be interesting to come back at, at a later time and see if we've changed on it, where culture has changed or anything like that. And I would just like to add this one little anecdote because I wanted to add it. When John was talking, go ahead and undo the bow. I just did. That's no, right. no, 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 no. Well, you didn't. No. You didn't get the symbol from us that it was time to end. You just took I it upon yourself. No, it was good. It was. It was a bully good. us into ending the segment. And I... No, but it was. It was a really. It was a really nice way to do. It. And I don't want to discredit that, but no, I wanted okay. to. You had talked about small businesses and how oh. they don't have the ability to fight back, so to speak, with the benefits package, right? Well, that's why you see countries, and I'm not saying that this is the blueprint. What I like about 
the good thing because the U.S. has dra- dragged their feet so long with doing anything is you have a bunch of different countries' templates on how to do it, what works well, what doesn't work well, and you can kind of pick and choose and decide what you want to do if you want to do it. But that's why you have countries like Iceland where they, across the board, have government paid parental leave. And I'm not saying that this is the way to go, but I'm saying that is their way of protecting all businesses. So you don't have these businesses that are required to pay for it. The con- the country is paying for it. So then that's one less burden on the employer. So if we're looking at a, this is going to hurt small businesses, this is a way to do it. And then, then that's me paying for you to spend time with your kids. Yes, but we're also paying for Social Security, and we're also paying for Medicare, and there are a lot of people that are never going to use either of those. Sucker. So... But that's oh, just – that was one little and, thing. I'll let yeah, because, like, I mean, 55% or 65% income tax sounds amazing. No, I'm just kidding. But no. But, we threw that, you threw that right in the end, and I'm like, I'm like, dang it. But a lot of, like, these, these, uh, these studies they were referencing came from countries, like you said, where right. the government provides pay, but it's coming from these Scandinavian countries yeah. where literally you are – your income tax could be 65%. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that's the way to do it. I'm just saying that's when – answer for this conversation i think as galam is saying i'll kind of segue so he can put another bow back on the present i just unwrapped but to galan's <laughs> point we you know it is something where we don't have the answers and you are seeing a shift across the board of companies and the country starting to change you have like house speaker paul ryan who when he was given the position his main caveat was i have to have family time that is it if i don't have family time i don't get it so you're seeing it at all levels where people are saying this is important to me. And so it will be interesting to revisit it on down, you know, years down the line to see has thing have, have things changed. Yeah, totally. Okay, I'll kick it to you. Go on. Yeah, we may not have the answers. So that's the whole thing is yeah. like we're, we're trying to find the answers. <laughs> we may not. If you well, listen this far, you may realize we may not have the question. I mean, I the mean, we as a culture may not have the answers, oh, gotcha. but, but it seems like there's a push that's going to be that the answers will have to be found or unanswered will have to be found and then adapted from there and, and that's, what, that's what i think is interesting is like if we have a culture we as a culture don't grow and don't change and, and find ways to adapt to whatever we face i mean it's it, it's cliche and cheesy or whatever but it's like we're gonna fail as a culture and we're gonna fall even further behind the world and in, in some aspects where we're already we're already losing that race like i mean there are things to pull from other countries there are motivations and um, inspirations to pull from other countries, except for Russia with the bread lines. But it's bread lines, yeah. <laughs> but it's like there, there, are, there are definitely leave things. parents you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are definitely inspirations to pull, and I think that we have to look to those to say, okay, what what can we pull and what can we make ours? I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what America does. Like we're the whole melting pot or whatever you want to call it. Like that let's find ways to do that move forward you know because i mean we are ultimately raising the next generation of people that are going to raise us i mean and take care of us as as we age so it's like we need to to set that set that train on on its way as best we can all right i, I liked your first transition better so did I. yeah that's my fault <laughs> all right we'll be back Just with the uh, with the master dad and dad jokes here in a moment All right, thanks for uh... way to come back in high energy. 
Wow. You're wow. Listening, hello, you're listening to NPR. This is yes. the... Uh, no, no, John, do your NPR voice. Do your NPR voice. Do it. I, I don't remember it. Oh. Damn it. Douchey NPR I think voice. I was talking about the moral fiber of our... Yeah, thing. yeah. Like it's kind of like yes. Jeannie from 91.7. I like her. If you that guys. cracks me up, man. It doesn't make any sense to All anyone. right. So we're going to go to our segment. I just clapped because I'm weird like that. And we're going to do the Ask the Dad. So we had... Um, someone on our Facebook page named Michaela Reddy. Really hoping I said that right because I think that's how you pronounce that name. So hey, Michaela. Yep. You know what? I work with Michaela, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Wow. She well, got oh, me. Oh, not Reddy. It's Reedy. Reedy. Yeah. R e e. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about she, that. She got me an awesome birthday pizza the other day. Dude, birthday pizzas are awesome. Yeah. I want pizza right now. And when I opened it, it had "Happy Birthday" written in like fifteen different languages on the oh, top. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Man, that is cool. I wish I had thought ahead. I'd have been like, guys, we should order pizza for lunch, like while we're doing this recording session. That would have been great to be munching on some pizza right now. Yeah. Not while we're. Well, I have sliders, so I can turn my mic off. <laughs> Screw you guys. Um, so yeah, so her question is, what is the biggest challenge being a father compared to not being a father? So I'll let Joe go ahead. You're going to let me take point? I'm going to okay. let you take point on this one. Okay. Um, well, so I think I'll just start this way with saying the biggest problem for me, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, was I'm a naturally lazy person. I dislike that about myself, but it is something I've become aware of and I take steps to not be lazy. But the biggest challenge for me in being a dad and not having a kid and not being a dad is I can't be lazy. Like you can and nothing gets done. Like for me, I I like to cook. So I take point on a lot of meals and a lot of um, a lot of the cleaning, a lot of different stuff. But specifically, let me just talk about cooking. So if we're hanging out and we're playing I kind of already need to be thinking about what I'm going to make for the next meal, say lunch or dinner, probably about at least an hour beforehand so I can take steps to it. Because when my daughter is saying she's hungry, it's now. She gets very hangry and she gets really, I need food now. Your kid too, huh? Yes. Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge for me. I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Is I need to be thinking kind of two, three, four, five steps ahead of whatever I'm going to be doing, whether it's cooking or whether it's cleaning, whether it's we're going to be going to the park, whether it's whatever it is, bedtime's coming up. I have to, my mind has to be going and it gets a lot easier as you know, this year has gone by and as we're getting ready for another year, but it is something that doesn't come naturally to me. So I have to take extra steps to it. Whereas before I could be like, Oh, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch some TV and maybe I'll get up. And now it's like, no, I got to do this and I got to put the laundry and I got to do this and this and this. And, and it's you, your mind doesn't, stop working. I used to always wonder why my mom wouldn't sit still during a movie because she'd be moving and bustling around and doing, you know, putting the dishes or, or wiping this down or, or cleaning something or doing whatever. And, and I realized it's because her mind is in that mom parent mode of, I got to be doing this next and this and this and this and this and this, uh, love you mom. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, that's the hardest thing for me is the mind. So, and for me, it's, it's, it's time. Like, making time like finding time for yourself which is something that i've actually talked to the i've talked to joe about starting a segment where it's kind of like the dad's vice or something like that where it's what are the things that you do for you as a parent like to make time for yourself and to do things that you enjoy Uh, like for example i I just finished a um, a blood and honey like uh, if you're from texas and you're familiar with the revolver brand like i really enjoy that beer 
Um, no, no, that's not payola or anything. I just really enjoy it. And it's like, payola. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Sometimes it's like, it's like oh, you're up to episode two. Well, we would like to spot you. <laughs> Anyone the listening from Revolver. Your yeah, but no, it's like, I, I really, I really enjoy it. Like John and I went to a, 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 a tour down there at the the facility or whatever. And it was really good. And I, I got it. I, Blood and Honey is one of my favorite beers. Oh, shout and out to like, Granberry Texas. Yeah, so it's like, it, it's taking that moment of like just having that beer, but it's like... All those Granberry dads. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the biggest, like our two listeners from Granberry. Um, no, but that, that's really great. Like, I, I think it's it's finding time. So it's like, before Ellie was born, I would, you know, every Saturday, my friends and I, John included, would get together and we would play role-playing games from like 12 or 14 hours, take a break, like everyone would bring snacks and we would take time to eat and we would laugh and and have fun and it was it was wasn't a strain on my marriage at all like it was just that was time i had it was something that i did and now if i were to be gone for 12 or 14 hours like i i can't even fathom well, we're actually fathom that we're gonna be talking about that more next episode yep, right? yep we're gonna be talking about making time for your spouse and also for your friends next episode but it's like that's the biggest challenge is just finding time and in, in that, that it doesn't impact your kid or your family that's the biggest challenge that i i face so thanks michaela that's actually a really great question michaela do you want to know what my biggest challenge not being a dad is i would like to know i would like to know too uh figuring out what to do with all of my free time and money Uh... well i I try to play battlefield with you for like 30 minutes before i get pulled away which gives us time for like one game kind of makes me sad i like switching to their team and hunting you down and killing you and then Switching back without you noticing. I like all the product placement in this episode. You've got Revolver, yeah, you've got way, Battlefield. By the way, that Battlefield 1 reference was not Payola. <laughs> no. <laughs> this episode seeing. brought to you by Battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> brought to you by the PlayStation 4. If we were getting PlayStation money, all right. I'm You're ready. in the yeah, game. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh I wish the, we had PlayStation money. That's that's the wrong that's the wrong thing. We would totally be dad if we had PlayStation Dude, money. Dude, we would be dad in we we'd be fat dad and we'd be fat dad and uh, <laughs> hashtag what was the previous hashtag uh, suckle, be a up, dad. suckle up oh oh, oh, wait, oh yeah be a better dad so hashtag much suckle better. up and hashtag suckle up was the one fat dad <laughs> uh, on that note <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to get in uh, to some dad jokes yeah let's get into some dad jokes okay because I need to laugh more. <laughs> I think that was a. We big... should probably just end on Fat Dad. And <laughs> yeah. just like we're not gonna get. You're not gonna get better. You're not gonna get better than that. Yeah. Oh. Thank you and good night. And then we just... All right. So Joe, do you have a dad joke? While uh, I find the one I want to share. Yes, I do. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so what type of ship did Dracula come in to America? What type of ship did Dracula come into America? Um, I don't know. A blood vessel. Oh. Nice, oh. nice. That's a good, that's a good dad joke. That's a good dad joke. My pediatrician hey. shared that with me. So. Hey, hey, it's a legit dad joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a legit dad joke. What's blue and not heavy at all? I'm worried. What is it? What is it? Light blue. Oh, oh my God. nice, nice. Um, guys, here's one you can actually use. It's like a practical one you can actually make a dad joke uh, with. Uh, so when your kid walks up to you and says, "Dad, can you put my shoes on?" You say, "I don't think they'll fit me." <laughs> that's good feel free to take that and use it in your daily lives i will i saw a huge seagull today oh, you did? it was big enough to be a deagle wow but not quite enough to be an eagle <laughs> <laughs> that's it gets you there at the end that was pretty good <laughs> 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 
<laughs> He's laughing so hard. You cracked, your, you cracked yourself up hardcore with that one. I was cracking up last night, telling that to Teresa, and I'm cracking up even more today. I just got so lighted. Like, 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 I like, like, like the initial one sounds like a terrible dad joke right. punchline, and, but then you like you Mr. layer it. Yeah, it's great. It's like, Ooh. nope, going to eagle. Well, that's a good one. I think we should end on that one. Yes. Oh. All right, we'll be back with things to check out and um, some parting words. <laughs> Walk <Walker> Wander covers. <laughs> Well, guys, enough arguing for one episode. Or laughing until I almost pass out. Right. Yeah, enough of that. Enough <laughs> laughter. <laughs> Let's get serious here, guys. And uh, with this new segment uh, that we're going to call Things to Check Out. Or Things You Should Check Out. Things I don't know. What are yeah, we we'll, we'll, we'll figure, we'll figure that I mean, out. Yeah, like things that we what are we, marketers? Yeah, but essentially yeah. it's things that, that we personally enjoy that we think that you should check out. Um, you know, And, and if, if it's something that's not free, then where you can find it. Totally. So, uh, Joe, why don't you why don't you kick us off, man? What should sure. we check out this week? We'll do so. This I am endorsing or giving you what you should check out. It's a comic book just recently came out a couple weeks ago called Love Is Love. It is a joint venture between the comic industries DC Comics and IDW. And what it is is it is a comic that is new, fresh material. A lot of artists coming together, and they are contributing to make this graphic novel that is $9.99. All of the proceeds go to benefit the survivors and the victims' families of the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting. So it is kind of a joint venture, and it's a love project for everybody to kind of come together, be able to share their grief, be able to share their sadness, be able to share a lot of stuff in art form. And it's a very healing process. I was reading it last night. And the best part is you can get it at your local comic book shop or we will, if you go to our website, which is detoxpodcast.com. Yes. 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 We will have an Amazon link where you can click on it, order this off Amazon, $9.99. You can get that free prime shipping if you want. All of the proceeds go to benefit the survivors and their families. So it is really great. I encourage you to check it out. It's called Love is Love. And uh, it's on Amazon. You can get it today. And so that, that brings me to, uh, to suggest that there's a cartoon out there uh, put on by Adult Swim called Rick and Morty. Um, and it started out basically as a uh, kind of like a rift on the whole uh, Doc Brown and Marty um, spoof. And, and holy crap, it's a funny cartoon. I mean, it's it's out there. Like, it's definitely, it's weird. There are some weird moments, but it's, it's once you get the humor and, you know, it's, it's a really, really funny show. I've watched it twice in the span of two months and I'm probably going to watch it again the third time. Um, which also you can get the, you know, you can, it's on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you can watch it there is where I watched it. Or you can buy the Blu-rays, which are of course uncensored because it definitely has uh, some interesting language. And, uh, I want to say that the, the creators have said there's like a, a reference to a penis, at least in every episode, artistically speaking. Wow. So not, artistically so not, not safe for kids. So like there's out. a drawing of a yeah. penis at some point in you <laughs> everywhere in at least every episode. Um, third season's actually coming out, um, either later this month or if our March is the more common date that I've heard. Uh, so you can, you can binge it, get caught up. I think there's uh, 12 or 13 episodes per season. So it's pretty short. Each episode is 30 or 22 minutes or whatever it is. Um, but man, that's, that's probably one of my favorite shows and or cartoons. 
uh, lately. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, we watched it. Uh, John and I were playing a game called the Diplomacy. Is that what that game called? Yeah. Uh, over at our friend Shane's for his birthday. It's a great one year. game to play if you have fourteen hours to and, spare. And you want to piss off your friends because holy crap, that game. That game's pretty intense. It's a friendship ender. Oh yes, but it's so much fun. Anyway, we were watching. I watched an episode, and like basically, like there's a, a cloud that they come across called Fart, and um, yeah, like that showed me no sense to me. And then when I watched it, it made total sense, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this I understand now. And so yeah, you should totally check out Rick and Morty. <laughs> for, for me, it was Mr. Poopy Butthole. Mr. Poopy Butthole for <laughs> He's sure. He's my favorite character. Or um, Crumbobulus. That's Crumbobulus Mike. Crap, what is it? Cronenberg. Cronenberg Morty, where it's like Rick Cronenberg's the entire planet. <laughs> anyway, it'll make sense if you watch the social you show. You just, ah, I can't speak English. Damn it. It's okay. I, I think I might check it out. It's on Hulu. Oh, dude, yeah. And if I'm going to get the Blu-ray, I should probably go to detoxpodcast.com and click on the, the Amazon yeah, link. Affiliate. Once yeah. we get it up and going, yeah, it's awesome. So nice. it, just before John gets to his, so the Amazon affiliate thing is just a small way that you can do to promote the show. Some people do Smile Amazon, which takes, you know, like there's a certain number of, of charities that it'll donate a portion of it to. Don't tell people about charities. But no, no, don't, don't use, but it's like, I didn't like any of the charities. I, I didn't like, it's not one that I wanted I, to support. I wish failure on every charity. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just cut that part out. The Amazon affiliate is a way that you can go click on our link and, um, you know, when you, when you, you buy stuff, it's a small way to support the show. There's no um, additional cost to you. Yeah, no additional no. cost to you. It just, it just takes part of it and, and does a, a really small kickback back to us. And it's, uh, it helps us with hosting costs and everything like right. that. And if you're buying stuff from Amazon, which I do a lot of my shopping on there, it's it's a, a, a way that you can do it with very little effort and, as John said, no no cost to you. So, John, now that I'm done plugging that, what do you um, got? Yeah, actually, I want to recommend a series of books by an author named Benedict Jacka. Uh, he writes a series of books that are urban fantasy. About... <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to be wizard by that, but I had to. Oh, sorry. The funny thing is, I might even be mispronouncing his name. But yeah, I think okay that's what it me, is. Man. It's like J-A-K-K-A or something like that. Anyways. Uh... Jacka? I know, man. Why is this? Can we title Thank this, you guys. Can we title this the episode where Galan laughs? <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, I don't even know what you're laughing at. Pessimistic laughter is... What are, you, what are you even laughing at? I have funny? no idea. Just... Okay. Um, anyways, he writes a series of, of urban fantasy books uh, about a wizard uh, named Alex Varus. And uh, they're really good. If you've ever read like Butcher's, Jim Butcher's series, uh, The Dresden Files about Harry Dresden, it's, oh, yeah, it's kind of yeah. similar okay. in feel, um, except this takes place in London. Um, but anyways, it's really good. There's like six or seven of them out, and the next one's coming out in April. Uh, but uh, I recommend them. They're fun reading. And by the way, you can buy them all off of Amazon oh. through the Amazon link on the detoxpodcast.com website. Although uh, that's not quite up yet. So just check yeah, there we're, before, we're you, on that, yeah. s- before you spend all your fat dad and money. So in, in the way that you can find that out is is whether the status of that is you can like us on Facebook because we'll post an update saying, hey, this is live with a link of, of how to, to do that. Um, we'll probably tweet about it on Twitter. So you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at, at detoxpodcast. Um, you can also you can reach us by email at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or Joe, I actually set up a, a detox podcast email. You can reach Joe at Joe at detoxpodcast.com. That's correct. Oh, well, Which that's I need to fancy. set one up. I need I to set fancy. one up for you, John, too. I just have I forgot to do that. We were having a conversation at work and I remembered to do that. Um, you can also support us at Patreon, which is um, 
crap. You can get to you can get there through detoxpodcast.com yep. using the Patreon link. Yeah, just a right. way that you can help support us uh, and uh, keep us in that fat dad and style we've grown accustomed yeah. to. So essentially, what it is is is, is Patreon. We we talked about it last episode, but it's a it's a site where you can pledge a certain amount a month, and there are certain benefits to to have. The easiest way to support us is, I mean, basically you can pledge a dollar a month, and you know, essentially all that just helps us with hosting costs, um, uh, the co- the you know the the little bits and pieces to keep this running. Um, what what level do they have to pledge to get the exclusive Patreon content? Uh, it starts at the at the five dollar level. Okay, five dollars a month, and you get to hear bonus material that no one else hears uh, yep. through through our Patreon it, website. So yeah, and it goes up like there's a Patreon where you can uh, twenty five bucks and you get an annual T shirt. Um, and depending on how many people or how much what the cost is, it may even be a biannual T shirt where it's like maybe there's one at Christmas and one at the beginning of you know somewhere in there. Um, there's one where it's like you can pay and you can come be a, a podcast. You can host um, up to uh, you can join us twice a year for our recording sessions, which puts you on wow. four episodes. Wow. You can you can ask the dads in person. Yep, yeah. and contribute. You can bring your own content. Um, there's one where we're going to set up a Google Hangout to where it's like once a month and we'll, we'll get together and um, actually you know shirtless uh, yeah, and shirtless, we'll all just like talk oiled, about oiled up. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll talk about like, like you know, MMA. I don't know what kind of hangout this is. Yeah, so like I'm not 80s, sure I will be there. I'm gonna be like the Ultimate Warrior with the uh, like the armbands, like the 80s WWF before it was a WWE. You know, there, there are some cool things, and we're we're always up to suggestions. So if you have suggestions of, of things you would like to see on a Patreon level, then uh, let us know, and and we'll look into seeing what we can do about that. But uh, ultimately, by you listening to us and downloading us, that also supports our podcast, and we greatly appreciate that. Um, also, if you hate us, you can one-star review us on iTunes, but what we would prefer is for you to five-star us and still leave a comment about how you hate us, because yes. that would make us laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's always fun, too. Be sure to be sure to, to make fun of John a lot, because I don't get made fun I get made fun of enough on the podcast. Yeah, talk about how I'm going to die alone. Die alone, yep. And how, what is it, Fat Dad and, and hashtag suckle up. Suckle up. So, guys, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be back next time talking about, what are we talking about? Uh, making time for your spouse and friends. My voice just cracked. I pulled another Anakin Skywalker. All right, friends. so until next time, be a better dad. Shout out and special thanks to Justin and John for supporting the Detox Podcast. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs>